mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message from the FGMAA camp meeting in June of 2021 entitled, All the Waters of Israel. His scripture text to be taken from the book of 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 through 14. Here now, Pastor Moody. I want to just get right to the Word of God this morning. and uh, This message was really kind of put on my heart and the Lord began, as I was praying, born really out of a conversation that Brother Chris and I had uh, last week. Chris said something to me that kind of really impacted me about where the church is right now and where ministers are right now. The fact that many ministers have been severely impacted, and I, I, I hate to even say the word, but by the COVID, because so many churches shut down last year. And I know that a lot of churches haven't recovered. And a lot of pastors then have been attacked, not just with that, but other things, physical things, family things. How many knows the enemy, he always attacks us at our weakest moment. And so Chris and I were talking about that and uh, about the fact that some have quit. Some have gave up. They've resigned their churches. Others have failed morally. And uh, so Chris said something to me. He said, for so long, preachers have been guilty sometimes of just reading the Bible to get a, a sermon or a message, just praying for the next service for God to move and to bless. And Chris said this. He said, and we've all got to get to the place where we're studying the Word of God and praying to strengthen our relationship with God. And that really just kind of, you know, of course, I have a time of devotion. I'm going to say most every day. I, I try to set a time every morning to spend a couple of hours with God. But let me know sometimes that early phone call or something disrupts that and you have to come back later. And uh, so I've always tried to maintain that, that intimacy with God if I can. Sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm not. I'll just be honest with you. And, uh, but the Lord began to deal with me about something, and I want to just talk to you about it for a little while this morning. And uh, I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 5, and it's a very familiar story. It's the story of Naaman, and, uh, who, who comes to Elisha because he's a leper. He's the captain of the army of Syria. He's a very powerful, prominent man. And uh, the scripture says, but he was a leper, and he needs help. And so there's, the story is there's a maid that says, oh, that if he were in, in Israel, the man of God, the prophet, would heal him of his leprosy. So the king of Syria sends him to the king of Israel, as politicians do, and says, I'm sending my servant, Naaman, I want you to heal him. That's where I want to start. Let's go to verse number 9. The Bible said, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger to him and said, Go wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you will be clean. Let me 
paraphrase, you will be restored to health. I think the message of restoration is probably where I'm going to try to deal with this morning. But Naaman got angry, was wroth, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. And of course, he couldn't do that because you can't touch a leper. And recover the leper. Recover the leper. And uh, he said, Are not Arbana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, rivers of Syria, Watch this phrase, better than all the waters of Israel. All the waters of Israel. May I, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Verse number 13 said, And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather then when he said, Wash and be clean? Isn't it amazing sometimes that the word that God gives us is just... A simple word. It's just something if, that faith can easily get a hold of. But so many times we try to, we try to make it complicated. Amen. But I want you to notice in that verse he said, Are not the Arbana and the Farpar better than all the waters of Israel? On verse number 12. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about all the waters of Israel if I can this morning. Father, we thank you. For your goodness, for your favor, bless us, help us, use us, speak to us and through us today. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this man, Naaman, I think, you know, what a story this is. Uh, Israel, of course, had been under attack. They'd, they'd been so much going on, they'd sent for help from Syria. And there's a lot of history here because of their failure that the country was in the shape that it was in. And I think Naaman presents a challenge, really, and a question to the body of Christ today. And his, 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 his question, are not the rivers of Syria better than all the waters of Israel? And I think that's kind of maybe a mindset of people in ministry today and of the church world today. They wouldn't really come out and say that but people think there's, there's a better alternative than what God has to offer. I thought about David when I thought about all the waters of Israel. There's, there's this progression. You see, David said, what shall I render to the Lord for his benefits to me? And Brother Joey, he said, I'll take the cup of salvation. And that, I'm talking about the water. There's, of course, the water there represents the Holy Spirit. But David knew what it was to drink out of the well of Bethlehem. He knew what it was to be refreshed from what God had provided in Israel. And then I thought in another place, the Bible said, with joy, you can draw out the wells of salvation. And uh, then you start looking at what the scripture says uh, in Psalm 46, there is a river, the streams where I make glad the city of God, the tabernacles of the Most High. And Ezekiel saw in the future a millennial river. And he said, waters came from under the threshold. You had to get down on your face to get to it. Then he measured out a thousand. It was to the ankles. It was waters to walk in to direct your path. Then another thousand is to the loins. Waters for strength. Then he kept measuring out and finally got to be a river that couldn't be crossed over. Waters to swim in. And then he said, wherever the river goes, everything it touches shall live. And so, Brother Chris, when I was thinking of this and, and uh, thought about 
today, a lot of people are like Naaman. They're in hopeless situations. And I'm not going to rehearse the COVID a lot. I mean, we've all been through that. We've had terrible you know, encounters with it. We've had outbreaks. I, I thought we went for from February when it first hit last year in 2020 up to August, never had a, an incident in my family or in my church. And then in August, it was like it just was unleashed. And, and we had 60-some cases of it in the church in a matter of a couple of weeks. I got it. Sister Moody got it. Four days, I was terribly ill. And then you know, the, the ramifications of all that, you know, the governor uh, you know, putting out things to shut down churches. And, and, and the churches, we, we had to shut down after that outbreak for six weeks trying to live stream, trying to do what we could to minister. I, I thought about pastors that no doubt a great part of our ministries, hospital visits and, and nursing home visits, being locked out. Hey, I had people that I loved that died in the hospital and I wasn't able to be there with them. And uh, so all of a sudden I thought, here we are today. Then the pressures, and and like Paul said, when you add to that the, 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 the responsibilities of the church, Everything that ministry means. And so I, this is a, a meeting normally that mostly is what here uh, in the mornings is, is people involved in ministry. And so God began to deal with me about this statement that Naaman said. And he said, are not the waters of, of Syria, that the Farpar and the Arbana that, flow, that flew right by Damascus, and uh, one right by one of the other major cities. And those, I, I looked it up, and those areas were like, were like fertile plains of, because of that, that, that river running through there. Do you know that every great civilization, every great city and society of civilization in past, especially in ancient history, was built by a river? Because where rivers flow, there's life. And so Naaman was thinking about, I know what it was like back home. And I thought about so many times if we're not careful, we'll be in the middle of a spiritual crisis and we'll start thinking about the natural means that we have of trying to take care of ourselves. And, and certainly we would never say, well, that our, our means are better than what God has to offer. But I find that here's a nation of Israel that has turned its back on God time after time after time. And when you read through the books of Kings, you, you find that kings were born that totally turned their back on God. Or over and over again, it was said they were guilty of the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who forsook you know, the place that God established worship and set up altars in another place and even put up idols. And so I begin to think about this. And uh, 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 we, you and I have got to get to the place that, that what God said to Naaman, when he spoke to Elisha, he said, go and dip seven times or wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. And this represents trusting God. This represents believing God's word. It represents returning, amen, to the source of power and cleansing and healing that we know works, amen. I, I thought every one of us could probably stand up and testify today and talk about the time that God healed us, amen, or the time that God brought us out of a, a place of despair. We can talk about the times, amen, when we were in trouble and we called upon the name of the Lord and there was a response, amen. How I many knows he's a faithful God? And so if we're not careful, I, I'm, I'm afraid today that churches are kind of a, a Adapting 
amen, to some other thing rather than what God has said and what God has done in the past. Amen. All, all the waters of Israel. What, what a statement that is when he said, are not what I'm doing, the things that I'm doing better than all the waters of Israel. I want to tell you, Chris and I were talking the other day, and, and uh, we, I think one of us made this statement, what we need today is, is not just trying to stay locked into some survival mode. But you know what we need, according to Acts 3.19, we need to repent, <laughs> be converted, have a change of heart. And, and, and it said that our sins and our failures may be blotted out. And, it's, and, and in the New King James, it says when times of refreshing, but other translations say in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm expecting this week to be a time of refreshing. And I'm not just talking about some shot in the arm, but I'm talking about revival. Amen. In our prayer meetings, our Thursday night prayer meeting, our intercessory group, we've been praying that this week, amen, that everybody that comes here, that this is going to be a time of revival, a time of fresh fire, a time of fresh anointing. I'm believing that every church that's represented in this camp meeting, every person that comes, that God's going to dip them, thank God, back in the river of his favor and blessing, and they're going to walk out of here clean and on fire, not just for them, but for the church as well I believe that a great awakening can start here this week in this camp meeting now you know as I said there's a lot of people that's become weary a lot of people have been smitten by a lot of things you know as, as pastors sometimes we hear things that we don't want to hear I remember one time some years ago many years ago now we were at home one Saturday morning down here early and there came a knock at my back door and I went to the door, and there was a man standing there. I could call his name. Everybody here would, and half of America would know who I was talking about. It was greatly involved in ministry. And he said, Pastor Moody, can I talk to you? I said, sure, come on in. He said, I'd rather, let's go to the church. We came up to the church. We opened the door. I walked, we, I walked in, and he came straight to the altar and fell down on the altar. And he began to pour his heart out to God, and then he began to confess sin. He began to confess sin that it caused him to fail God. He said, I've failed God. I've failed my family. I've failed my ministry. Then recently we just heard of another national ministry that has fallen. And people are falling into not just, you know, uh, messing up a little bit, but horrible sin. I want to tell you the devil makes the rivers of the world so appealing. And he makes people think you can find. Listen, just because you're saved and just because you're in ministry doesn't mean that you're not going to have stresses and problems and disappointments and letdowns. Am I talking to anybody? I want to tell you God never said it would be easy, but he said, I want to tell you there is a river, the streams whereof that flows in the body of Christ called the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. John said, I saw a pure river of water of life flowing right out of the throne of God. I want to tell you I've, I've been in this 43 years now baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to tell you that that river is as good today. That drink of that, of that uh, cup 
of salvation, that, that water we're drawing out of the wells, that river that we can run to. Uh, I'll never forget one time years ago, Mark Mahurin came here to preach, and Mark's always just kind of real laid back and structured, and uh, he had a message. He came prepared to preach, and he said, Brother Moody, God's changed my message. I said, just run with it, and he preached from Ezekiel about the river, and uh, he said, we Pentecostals are so guilty, we run down to the river, get us a bucket full, carry it home and take a cup and sip out of it as we need it. He said, my God, we need to throw the bucket away, run down, jump in the river and let it take take us wherever God wants us to go. Hallelujah. Give him praise. So I thought like this, people are caught up in uh, in apathy, really just a spirit of not really being concerned about their condition, being apathetic, not, not really troubled about where they are with God. Uh, you know that if you pastor a church, you know people, they'll, they'll lay out a church and they'll quit coming and, and you, you hear all kinds of things about them and, and, you, and you call them and, and you, know, you go see them and they say, well, I'm okay. Well, you try to tell them they're not okay. Before long, they're angry at you. Now they've all got a convenient excuse. I'm scared of the covid I saw one just, just yesterday, and he said, I'm, I'm scared of the COVID. I said, well, I saw you at Walmart. <laughs> Come on, if you can go to Walmart, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Hello. The church is where there's an answer, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought like this, as a result of all this, this is where I want to get. I'm afraid some people have lost their vision. Some people, their fire has either died down really low or it's gone out. You know, there was an old country song years ago, and I'm remiss to mention that from the pulpit, but an old country song that said, there's nothing as cold as ashes after the fire is gone. And uh, he was talking about romance. I'm talking about a relationship with God. Can you say amen? And so uh, the king of Syria couldn't help this man. And, uh, you know, that's where people are. The preachers are giving up, leaving the ministry. Some of them even just turned away from God. And, and so this, you know, the king of Syria, when he, when he heard what this little maid said, he couldn't help him. So he said, send him to the king of Israel. Well, the king of Israel couldn't help him. And when he heard this, you know, he sent a big load of gold and a bunch of stuff with him. And when the king of Israel heard it, the Bible said, he rent his clothes and said, this guy's trying to start a war with me. But come on, the girl said, there's a man of God in Israel. And Elisha, amen, when he heard that the king had rent his clothes, which was a sign of national despair, we don't know what to do. I want to tell you, this had implications that were national. This wasn't just one man's need because all of a sudden the king of Israel says, what are we going to do? But aren't you glad that God, amen, let Elisha know what was going on and Elisha sent a messenger out to him and said, if there's a river, amen, that God moves in. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want to tell you, if we could get our mind wrapped around that, I want to shout it. There is a river. I want to shout it. There is power. I want to shout it. There's answers. There's healings. There's miracles. Can I tell you, God is still God, no matter what's going on in the world. Hallelujah. Uh, All the waters of Israel are not the waters of Syria. No, they're not better than the waters of Israel. 
because there's not a God like the God of Israel. Can you say amen? And so Elisha says, go wash in the Jordan. Go wash, you'll be clean. I, I've, I've mentioned this, but Psalm 46 and 4 said, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Watch this. God is in the midst of her. Amen. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Hallelujah. And that right early. I want to tell you, every struggle, every battle, every attack, every problem, I remember, some of you all know this, at one time 20 years ago, a doctor looked at me and told me I had cancer. And he said, the cancer you have, you'll, you won't live a year. That's what he said. And I'm, look at this, 20 years later, I'm still here. A little bit weather-worn and beaten up, but I'm still here. And when he said that I, I, I didn't, I don't know, it was, maybe it was just a word of faith or a gift of faith that I got at that moment, that I looked at him and I said, that's not right. He said, what do you mean? I said, I don't have that cancer. He said, I'm a doctor. I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. Amen. And he said, I know how you people are. And I said, no, you don't understand. I said, what I'm telling you is, if I was going to die, I believe God would have told me. He hadn't told me yet. Woo, hallelujah. I said, I'm believing God. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to send you to another specialist. I said, send me on, buddy. And he said, he's going to let you know how bad this is. And there were physical things that I could feel in my body that I knew that there was something there. And the night before I was, uh, was to go to see that specialist, my, my old dad was still living in Indianapolis and, and he couldn't hear real good. And I called, uh, I called up there to let him know what was going on. And, and my, my stepmother, most of y'all know my mother died when I was a little fella. And dad had a wife of 45 years, his second wife. And, and she's a preacher in spirit field. And I called her and I was, I preached twice that day and I guess I was a little tired and I guess I sounded a little low key and I was telling her what was going on. She rebuked me. She said, you, you, you get your head up. Don't you hang your head down. She said, God will not forsake you. Said, you're going to come out of this. All of a sudden she got in the Holy Ghost, started talking in tongues and started prophesying to me. And she said, God has said before morning, you will know that this thing is over. Hallelujah. The next morning I got up, I was in the shower getting ready. I began to examine myself in every place, every symptom, everything was gone. Can you hear me? I want to tell you there is a river that still flows in the house of God. And that specialist looked at me and said, I don't know why you're here. You don't have what they said you had. And I said, let me tell you why I'm here. I'm here to tell you, sir, about Jesus. Hallelujah. And I testified to him about what God had done. So all of a sudden, we realize that Bible said that God's in the midst of her. Verse 6 of Psalm 46 said the heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. I don't care what the world says. I believe what God says. How about you? The, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, God did, and the earth melted. I want to tell you, God said he can bring the, the high places low and the low places high and the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. God can change the world if we'll believe him. Amen, the things that we're facing. So Naaman was this powerful man. When you read chapter one, it said, now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. He was honorable because by him, by him, the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. Look at the last phrase of that verse. It says, but he was a leper. 
He was a leper. I mean, that changes everything. All of this greatness. And then, I, I, you know, did just a little study about this. This spot shows up. How many know sometimes it's like, you know, eating a bowl of cereal and there's a fly or something, you know, it's over. I mean, this guy's got all of these accolades. Then it says, but. He's a leper. This, this spot shows up. Leviticus 13 and 1, the Bible says, the Lord spake to Moses and to Aaron saying, when a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, what's this? Or a bright spot. A spot showed up, amen, in this man's life. And it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. Then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of the sons of the priest. You, 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 you'll bring him in and the priest shall look at the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair of the plague is, is turned white and when the plague in the side be deeper than the skin of the flesh. Now, I read all that to say this. What's going on in the church world today? What's going on with a lot of ministers today? Brother Earl, it's not just skin deep. It's a little deeper than that. Are you here? Ooh, I feel like the Lord said that to me. He said, this is not just, a, Brother Joey, a surface problem. I want to tell you, doubting God is sin. Amen. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And sin is not just a little scab or a bright spot. But when the hair begins to grow out of it and you look at it and you see that it's running deeper, that's what the priests were doing. They were inspecting to see the extent of the damage that was being done. And I think God is going to call the church back to a place today. Amen. Not where we're judging everybody else but we're looking inside to see how deep the problem really is. Can you say amen? Oh, there's a spot. There's a place. He's a great man. He's been a valiant man. God has used him. Amen. Even in judging Israel, and God's used him in delivering Syria. But now, there's a spot. There's a problem. You know, little things become big things. I believe your Bible said it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. And if we're not careful, what we thought was just, you know, a little, I was preaching yesterday morning and I'm looking right at the camera and I know there's a bunch of my people still at home watching me on camera. And we've got a bunch of new people that's coming, you know. And I said, some of you all, you've let this, you've, you've let this excuse. This one person told me, he said, well, maybe just sitting at home and watching church and giving online is the new normal. But I remind them what Paul said, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some in and more, even as you see the day approaching. I looked right at the camera and I said, you need to get back to church. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and I'm not talking about finances. We're doing all right financially here. I'm not talking about, you know, we're having good crowds here. But there's people, Brother Earl, that I have pastored many that were born, amen, in this house under this ministry. And some of them have sat back and said, well, it's it's all right for me just to kind of be comfortable. Listen, God didn't call you to be a couch sitting, pajama wearing, tater chip eating, child of God while there's something to be done in the house of God. Amen. So he's, he's a leper. Amen. And uh, of all of his greatness, and then that, that spot shows up. But then there's a word of hope. I, I love it. Amen. The, the Bible said 
in verse number two of Second Kings chapter five that there was a, a little girl there that, uh, amen, that had been brought away captive to the land, out of the land of Israel. And she was, you know, she was elevated, uh, kind of like Nehemiah being the cupbearer to the king. You know, kind of like Joseph being in the palace of Egypt at the right time. I mean, God always has a plan. And here's this little girl, and she's a servant there in, in, in the house, and uh, she waits on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, and I, I, in margin of my Bible years ago, I wrote this down. I said, it's strange that she was a slave, but she had affection to her master and her master's wife. Apparently, they was good to this girl. And uh, she had a good spirit, can you say Amen. And she said, you know, who knows, but maybe, you know, like they said that she was come to the kingdom, what they said to Esther for, for such a time as this. And so she says, oh, I would that my Lord were with the prophet that's in Samaria or Israel, the northern part of the divided kingdom, for he would recover him from the leprosy. Oh, there's a word. Somebody say amen. There's a word that God sent to this powerful man by a little girl that knew something about the waters of Israel. Can you say amen? Uh, what do you mean? Are not our Bannon far apart better than all the waters of Israel? Let me tell you something. There's a river, amen, there's a water in Egypt that you don't know anything about. I thought like this in Luke chapter four, Jesus was, he had, he had done miracles and, and then he was getting ready to, to, go, to go back up, uh, into Nazareth where he was raised up and he left out of Capernaum, was going back to Nazareth and when he got there they begin to doubt him he said is this not the son of Mary Joseph's son and all of that and and Jesus said well the prophet can't do any great thing in this country and he said I want to tell you there were many widows uh, in the time of, of uh, Elijah but it was only uh, to the one at Zarephath that, that Elijah was sent and then he said he mentions Naaman he said and there were many lepers in the world at that time but it was only to, amen to Naaman the Syrian amen that he Elisha was sent. They wanted to stone Jesus for that. Because you know what Jesus was saying? You people are right here in the midst of the greatest opportunity. You're here in the, where the waters of Israel flow and you don't believe who I am. Hallelujah. And so they wanted to kill him because he dared mention that God favored Syria over Israel with Elisha. But how many knows when you reject what God has to offer, there ain't much left. And uh, so the little girl says, oh, if he were there, God would recover him. You know, God in Israel, he, he showed us great things. In John chapter 5, the Bible said there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And it said, now there is at Jerusalem a sheep pool, a sheep market and a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And there laid a great multitude of impotent folk and blind and halt and withered. Watch this, waiting for the moving of the water. I'm talking about all the waters of Israel. And the scripture said, for an angel went down at a certain season and stood uh, into the pool and stirred up the water, troubled the water. And whoever first, after the trouble in the water, stepped in was, watch this, was made whole of whatever disease he had. So when this girl said, to Naaman, there's a prophet that can heal. And in Israel, there were angelic manifestations where God literally came down in a season and healed. 
And now Jesus is here. And Jesus, the Bible said, uh, looked at him and said, he said, uh, will you be made whole? And he said, every time I try to get in the water, hello, I'm crippled. I can't walk. And other people run in ahead of me. But it's a new season now. And Jesus said, amen, take up your bed and walk. I, I want to tell you, there's a prophesied outpouring that's taking place in that day. And it's happening now. But, amen, the, the scripture says that he got up and walked away. Naaman had to make a choice. And I really believe that today for, for preachers and for churches. We're going to have to make a choice. You know, Joshua said, choose this day who you're going to serve. Whether the God's back over on the other side of Egypt or the God's in this land. Who, who are you going to believe? Who are you going to trust? That's, that's, a mad, that's the issue here. Who are you going? I trust him. I mean, I've told you, I've seen him work miracles in my life and in, the, and in this church, you know, since our beginning. My wife was testifying the other day with somebody about how we was in that carpet store sitting on those old theater seats and had nothing but a hunger to do something for God. And one morning, suddenly, the power of God moved in the church and God opened her blind eye. I think 12 people got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There was eight or 10 got saved. There were other miracles that began to happen. Prophetic words started coming. It was like just an explosion of power in the back room of a carpet store in a dark place in a warehouse that hardly anybody knew where we was at. But though the Bible said, despise not the day of small and humble. There was a, a breakthrough that happened that day. And so this God is able, he had to make a choice. He got angry, got, you know, his flesh rose up. That's our biggest problem. <laughs> a lot of people say the devil made me do it. I said, no, it was your flesh made you do it. The devil gets credit for a lot of stuff he don't even do. Hello, we do it ourselves. bad choices. And so one of his servants, somebody said, I mean, it's amazing how God was working in this man. This, first, his little servant girl tells him about Elisha. Now one of his soldiers, one of his servants says to him, my master, if the prophet of God had asked you to do some big thing, give him a million dollars or, or whatever, you'd have done it. But all he said was just go wash in the river. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me to go all the way back to Syria to wash when you're right here. Think about that for a moment. You know, we got people, well, we got people that go all over the world trying to get an answer and God's right here. He's right there at higher praise. He's, he's right there, Brother Joey, at the church. He's, he, he's right, God is right, he's a present God. The Bible said he's a present God in trouble, can you say, man? A present help. So he had to make a choice. Isaiah 48 and 18, God said, Oh, that you had hearkened to my commandments, then your peace had been like a river. Amen. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. If you just made the right choice, God would have moved. I love this. I, I've always loved Psalm 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In my Bible, I wrote separated. Blessed is the man that comes out from among them and he's separated. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates in it day and night. And in my Bible, by that verse, I wrote saturated. Separated and saturated. Then verse 3, he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. 
And in my Bible, I wrote situated. In the right place. Right choices bring us to the right place. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers, can you say amen? Being in the right place, making the right choice. Jesus told that woman at the well in John 4, he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But let me paraphrase. If you'll drink the water that I'm offering you today, amen, if you'll drink this water, you'll never thirst. But the water that I give you will be a well of water springing up in everlasting life. John chapter 7, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. All the waters of Israel, come on. When somebody looks at me and says, man, all out there in that world is better than what you've, all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But here, there's a river. Here, there's a refreshing. I, I'm, I'm believing God, Chris, that this week, the preacher's going to get picked up. They're going to get strong. They're going to get help. I, I'm believing this week that, that pastors' wives and, and ministers and, and Sunday school teachers and, and laity, I, I'm believing that this week that they're going to realize that, that the waters in the house of God are far better than the waters of Syria, the world. Can you say amen? Uh, I want to conclude, conclude this. Conclude, conclude this. Naaman said something at the end of this that really touched me. He, 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 he gets healed. He gets up and, and scripture said he's clean. His, his flesh is like a baby's. And he, and he goes to Elisha and he offers him gold. And he offers him, you know, fine clothing. He offers him all these gifts that he brought. And Elisha said, I'm not taking anything. I, you know what I believe he was saying? I just want you to remember that the waters of Israel are better than the waters of Syria. And, and Naaman says something, you know, a little bit different opinions about what he said and why he said it. And I, once ago, I, once several years ago, I preached a message about this. He, in, in verse 17, Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to me, to your servant, two mules' burden of earth? Let me translate that. I want a load of dirt as much as two mules can carry. A load of dirt. And... Now, some of the commentaries say that he wanted to take it back to Syria and he wanted to build a dirt altar. And he said, but forgive me because when I go in with my king into the house of Rimon and I have to, he leans on me and I have to strengthen him, I have to bow in Rimon's house, that God. But I, I, I don't want to, you know, no part of that. He said, I know there's only one God and that's this God that's here. And uh, I sort of believe he wanted to take that load of dirt back to Syria and somewhere in his backyard, he wanted to mark, mark off a little place and dump out some holy ground from the holy land so he could stand on it and cry out to the holy God that saved him in the River of Jordan. And uh, that's just my opinion. Jeremiah said, my people have committed two evils. Jeremiah 2.13, they have forsaken me the fountains of living water. Hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. If we're not careful, we will be people who are left to our own devices 
when there's a river. You know, I was talking with somebody the other night here at church. We had a cistern when I was growing up. And we had a, lived in an old house, had a metal roof, and all the gutters all ran to one place. And it all went down into the cistern. And we burnt coal through the winter. So that soot was on the roof, and it would wash through the gutter systems down into the gutter. And when the water started getting low, we had to take a ladder and go down in the cistern. And Brother Earl, we'd take a scoop shovel and buckets with a rope. And I was down in there scooping up this black sludge that was this deep in the buckets. And they'd carry it out. And we'd just clean it out best we could. Then we'd take some fresh water and wash it and clean it out. And then we'd put a fresh load of water in and then wait for the rain. Cisterns are not very dependable. Especially when they leak. But there is a river. And we can depend on it. And today I really think that when Naaman said, are not the rivers of Syria better than all the waters of Israel? I see people turning to the rivers of the world rather than realizing, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need Bless me now, my Savior, I come to You can't live without water. And good water is at a premium in a lot of places in the world. Bad water is death. Are you hearing me? And I'll never forget one time we were in Honduras. We were doing a mission, a ministry. And we were preaching. We built a church there. And we were there a year later dedicating that church. Did a conference, a revival there. We were standing outside after one of the morning services in the backyard of that church and right across the little old, if you want to call it a fence, it really wasn't a fence, it was supposed to be. There was a little boy out there playing in the dirt and nasty. He walked over and picked up a tin can out of the yard and walked out to a bucket in the backyard and dipped down in it and turned it up and drank out of it. And I said to one of the brothers standing there, you and I could drink out of that and be sick enough to die before dark. But the body gets adapted to uncleanness until disease comes and death starts to manifest. But I want to tell you, thank God there's a river. There's a river that flows in the body of Christ. It started on the day of Pentecost. It's still flowing today. So my answer to Naaman no, the waters of Syria can't compare to the waters of Israel, to what God is doing in the midst of his people. So I want to today, I want us to just say, God, we need the river. We need the outpouring. Amen. I, you know, the, the scripture said when they came to the Jordan coming out of the wilderness, that it was harvest time and the Jordan's always at flood stage. Now, I've been, I've been to the Jordan River. It's not that impressive to look at normally. But at flood stage, I've, I've heard people say that it was as much as a half mile to a mile wide. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's what you know, theologians, preachers say about anything, but I'm just telling you what they said. It's like the little boy heard his daddy preach one time and he told a great story during his message. And on the way home, he looked at him and he said, Daddy, was that the truth or was you just preaching? 
And, uh, <laughs> and, and so they said the river was made, but I know it was uncrossable, Brother Joey. And they've got to get across that river to get to their promise. And so they take the Ark of the Covenant, and when the priests stick their feet in the water, the Bible said the waters raised up in heap and rolled back all the way to a city of Adam. And if I understand it right, it was something like 35 miles the water backed up. And they walked across again. Their generation did on dry land like their father's generation did coming through the Red Sea. So I want to tell you, God said, I want you to understand there's something about Canaan land. It's miraculous. And we're not in heaven yet. But we used to sing the old song, every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan. That's where we are now. The, the, the land of the born-again, sanctified, spirit-filled, living-by-faith experience is Canaan land until he calls us home to glory. And the waters are sweet here. i, I got to quit. The waters are sweet here. Amen? The waters are good here. The waters heal here. Amen? So I challenge you today, forsake the waters of Syria. And like Mark Mehuren said, let's just run and jump in the river this week. Let it carry us wherever it wants to because whoever it touches lives. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to live in the river. We want to be river people. We want to be people that exist by the favor and grace and the flowing of the Holy Spirit. Let your will be done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And set our hearts on you, Lord, come and We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.